0: from the Vegas studios it is weekend geek update smurf here after a long extended weekend visit to philly and everything in between i'm back with another edition of weekend geek update things that have caught my eye stories that are going on out there there's lots to talk about and so many things to get to we'll get to that momentarily first let's introduce Our sponsor, Susie's not here today, but uh, she lives with us in spirit and with product and with happy rainbows and smiles. Uh, Susie Q's, who is our sponsor, is the maker of fine jewelry and amazing product. Uh, You can come here and actually have an appointment. You can see it firsthand or go to SusieQ's.com. Check it out there. Order it. She'll ship it. It's great. It's amazing. You need some you need something sparkly and 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 shiny for the summer season summers here holy crap a uh, bit of a surprise and a long weekend so here I am finally back uh, trip to Philly trip around the around the world you know the usual mayhems and and adventures that I usually go on um, first of all the uh, celebration Star Wars celebration is all over the place Of course, we get Obi-Wan Kenobi this week on Netflix. Episodes 1 and 2 landed. We got Stranger Things, the first half, for season 4. And there's just so many things going on, especially coming out of Celebration as far as the new series. Holy crap. I mean, Ahsoka has, I know, only been filming for a couple of weeks, but everyone was talking about that. In addition to Mandalorian Season 3, there have been some takeaways and it looks like we are going to see the um, Grand Admiral Thrawn in the flesh for Ahsoka. Everyone is betting that um, Bridger is going to come back to Ahsoka and that there, there's just so many rumors and everything going on it's so hard to keep up so you got mandalorian that is is heading to mandalore which grand admiral thrawn is in charge of he's controlling it somehow so i figure we'll get the story on that after he went to the edge of the universe with ezra and in at the end of rebels so there's so much story to tell so excited to see what happens um but the images coming out for Mandalorian Season 3 look very, very impressive. And our trip to Mandalore, and we've got so much going on. Bo-Katan is back, and looks like it's much more up close and personal. Also, we're it, it looks like we get another trip back to Tatooine. So hopefully a little update after the Book of Boba's adventures. So Mandalorian three looks to be very very filled, and they're still only doing I think eight episodes. I think they're still keeping it at that 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 threshold, that happy space that they they're kind of keeping it to. So I don't know if I I'm happy about that. I would like longer episodes, uh, but the eight episodes seems to work well for me. There's not a chance for too much filler. Each episode has a point has has direction, and it's just not you know just something that's just thrown out there casually because they just needed to fill fill time and space so with everything going on on the Mandalorian side now we get Ahsoka which I'm guessing will get more of the story of what happened to Ezra and at the end of Rebels and how all of that ties together with Grand Admiral Thrawn which looks to be the big big bad that we will be facing for star wars i mean the 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 whole disney plus series looks like they're just building up towards an avengers style showdown and it's going to be grand admiral thrawn who in the books is just freaking amazing the guy is just awesome and heir to the empire if you've never read it it looks to be just he's he's I'm a, just I'm, I'm try, I can't even like put it into words. He's just such a badass. I can't emphasize that enough. We get to see it in Rebels as far as how of a tactician he is and strategy and how he comes to it. In the books, they explain you know how he can basically look at a a person's art and understand the inner workings of their mind and and their you know conflictions and how they how they operate and think and there is one scene in particular where he gets a piece of um akbar's art and never knew Akbar was an artist to begin with those flippers don 't look very artist um friendly i mean how does Akbar hold a brush what does his i mean his brush stroke just must be Rather, you know, floundering. <laughs> no one here for these things. Anyway, uh, so in the book, Greg just is absolutely just gets into the mind of his opponent by looking at their art. And we see some of this in Rebels when he's looking at uh, what's-her-name's art? Um, Sabine's art. Because she's always doing her helmet, and he finally gets uh, a chance to look at some of her art in her living quarters. And they kind of allude to this. So I'm very curious if we're going to get more of an expanse on this take this part of the character, which seems... It's very deep-rooted into his character. And I think we're also going to see a little bit more of an expanse on the cloning, which they've kind of hinted at with Grogu. Now, they're taking a page from Heir to the Empire as well. Um, Master Saboth, who was another clone, in addition to Luke Skywalker's clone in the book that they got from his hand. <laughs> I know, there's so many pieces here. Uh... So that it explains his whole heir to the Empire storyline and the cloning technology and everything that the Emperor had stored at this place. And he put Saboth, a Jedi master, that he had cloned in charge of it. So I have a feeling that somehow they've converted the cloning story instead of Luke. We're getting Grogu and raises the question, are they going to bring Saboth in? It's an amazing idea, and it is very cool, and I I think that's way down the line if we even see that aspect of the story. The focus now, of course, is what's been going on. Grand Admiral Thrawn is back. We'll see him in Mandalorian Season 3, and of course, uh, Ahsoka, and explaining that story. It's really hard to tell where that story is going to go, but we've seen uh, Sabine, at Celebration, along with Ahsoka, both of the actresses uh, that are coming in, Rosario Dawson. Uh, Rosario Dawson, of course, as Ahsoka, and Sabine, which is Natasha Bordizzo, Uh, they were both on stage. Now, other characters that have kind of been surrounding the cast, of course, we know Hayden Christensen is coming back as Anakin Skywalker or as Vader. Who knows? It's a lot of mystery around that one. And Mary Elizabeth Winston, uh, Winstead, excuse me, who we also know as Owen McGregor's wife, who is uh, a badass and from Scott, Pil- Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. Sorry, I need to take a drink of coffee. I'm excited to see her because I I don't know which character she's going to play. There's theories and there's hints, but I'm going to save that for more information or when Susie's here. Because I know she's going to be upset with me doing Star Wars talk, and she's not here. (laughs) But Star Wars Celebration has been a... Huge hit. I'm just sad that I wasn't able to go or be there or be part of it, and it's just the fan in me just wants to be there. Next time, maybe? Celebration can come back to Colorado. I mean, we, we, did, we did have it first. No, that's not true. <laughs> but we did have it here one, a couple of years, and it was worth it. So worth it. But now we've got all these other Star Wars things. Speaking of Star Wars and moving along, if um you haven't watched Kenobi yet you're i don 't know if you 're missing out here 's my thoughts here's here 's my take on Kenobi the no spoilers but the the series so far with the first two episodes have been what I expected. We get kind of a disheveled Kenobi, which we have seen from the trailers. We know exactly that uh the place that Kenobi is in mentally is is not good. Everyone is attributing it to PTSD, and there's a lot of mental and I, I think he's just it's fatigue. I mean, the guy just is just beaten down. He's on tattooing, which is let's face it, not where I would want to go for my retirement. I mean, I understand his loyalty and trying to keep an eye on Luke, but damn, that's just blah. I mean, Hell, I'd rather go hang out with the Ewoks on Endor than than Tatooine. Sand gets everywhere. Ugh. But that said, thank God we don't spend more than an episode episode on Tatooine. That would have upset me. If we had been there, you know, Fear the Walking Dead style, where most of the season we're just trying to make our way out of the driveway, and that would just suck. If it was mostly, you know, Obi-Wan trying to figure out how to get to the starport, am I in, am I out, or whatever, That would have just pissed me off. So we only spend a moment on Tatooine, which is great. We get kind of like a a little refresher, kind of an update. The political climate of what's gone on since the Revenge of the Sith Sith film. Boy, I'm having troubles today. It's ten years, basically. Ten years from Revenge of the Sith to where we are now in the timeline, which is works about right, I think. The the whole idea and premise behind the storyline is is okay. There's a few holes and there's some questions that kind of come up, but overall, okay. I'm 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 in. I'm I'm sold. Everybody knows already and I've made it a point to tell everyone who will listen anyway, all of the millions of listeners out there right now, that Obi Wan is is my Jedi. I've always always loved Obi-Wan. So to see him in this kind of state is a little it it hurts. You're like, "Oh, you just want to give the man a hug." And he just he just kind of keeps pushing forward. He does what's right and he he in his own words, he's not the same man he once was, which is understandable. He went through hell and back, they lost, and he's also said that in the trailer, you know, the Jedi are all but extinct, we lost, it's, it's, it's time to move on. So at some point, sure, he is even talking to Uncle Owen, Uncle Chard, uh, that we like to refer to him as here around the studio, and that he needs to train Luke at some point if he is truly a Jedi, if he is exhibiting traits, and he must be trained. And the back and forth between Owen and Obi-Wan is brief, But it's very impactful. It's a huge statement to where Obi-Wan is right now. But, of course, the story moves on. Thank God. And Obi-Wan gets off of planet. So, with that said, there's one huge pressing question. Something that really is bothering me. And I'm going to put this out to the greater geek verse. What the fuck did Flea do to get on Star Wars? I mean, come on. I want to be on Star Wars. I think I have much more charismatic uplifting personality traits than (sighs) flea come on over here look my way i want to be on star wars i mean of course if star wars calls you don't say no but damn flea has got to be just connected beyond all belief i'm thinking here's my thought That back in the day, (laughs) Favreau used to jam out to Red Hot Chili Peppers. He fell in love with Flea, and he's all like, you know what? I want to meet him. I'm going to have him on. It's either him or Filoni. I don't know which. So that's my theory as far as how Flea ended up in the Star Wars universe. All I could keep thinking is all I could – Hey, McFly, how's it hangin'? That's all I kept hearing. Hey, Obi-Wan, how's it hangin'? (laughs) Yes, insert Back to the Future music here. Uh, All in all, it's great. There are a few holes, and there's a huge glaring hole that I'm trying to figure out, especially when it surrounds the third sister. She knows who Vader is. Of course, this is like one of the most... Well-kept secrets throughout the galaxy. Anybody who knew Anakin prior to armor Vader going in the suit uh, is dead with the exception of Obi-Wan. So this revelation is kind of let out at the end of the second episode. And you can just see, the course, that it, it kicks Obi-Wan right in the chest. It, he's absolutely even further defeated like, well, that sucks because... At least in his mind, he probably thought, I took care of Anakin, everything is fine, it's all different, and it'll be fine. It'll work itself out. Just to find out, yeah, Anakin's not dead and very much, very much alive. So with the third sister revealing this, it does raise the question of how. And my theory is is she's probably one of the younglings that escaped the massacre at the Jedi Temple. That she had to have been there. She, of course, who doesn't know, who, who didn't know who Anakin Skywalker was when you know the wars were going on and being as celebrated a general that he was, a Jedi Knight that he was, and just all in all, you know, he was a hero. And everyone thinks he's dead except for the third sister who knows the truth. And the only way she can, my mind, she's a little youngling. So, does this set up more like like friction? Is Vader going to find out that she knows? Is 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 he coming for her? So many questions. So many thoughts. We only get 6 episodes and if they keep going with this cuz I I think it was like an hour uh for both episodes, which Is great. I'll take the time. I just hope that there are certain things addressed. One, I didn't get a lightsaber battle in the first two episodes, which kind of upset me. I was at least expecting a little, you know, back and forth. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that this isn't going to happen until the end. Rumors of Darth Maul coming in and finally finding Obi-Wan, which is another theory that we will get into later when Susie is here because her and I went back and forth on that one because Darth Maul always just was able to find Obi-Wan. And, you know, it's let's face it, Darth Maul owes him an ass kicking if he had the legs to do it. <laughs> So the Star Wars timeline is looking pretty interesting right now. Uh, it looks like everything that they're focused on is going to mostly be after Return of the Jedi. However, we do get a bit of a slip-in with Andor, and I'm very excited to see this. They're you know kind of diving into a little bit more just before the Rogue One movie. As we follow, you know, kind of um, Cassian's story just before one of the most heart-wrenching stories when it comes to Star Wars. Because that Rogue One just still leaves me in tears. Just love the ending. But at least we'll get more on Cassian, and I'm excited to see what that breaks down to. We do also get um, a return of Alan Tudyk as K2SO. Um who let's face it stole the show absolutely loved the droid so we'll get to see him uh come back but that's kind of a lot of everything that came out of celebration there's a few other things there's some fun stuff that i saw video wise of you know mandalorian and just If you haven't gone and looked at some of the videos out there, go look. Uh, Tamura, who played Boba Fett, I saw him do a couple of different uh, stage presents. You know, he was like on point. It was it was great, and it's it's such a fantastic way to see people celebrate the fandom that Star Wars has grown into, and thanks to Disney Plus, has been able to exceed the fans' expectations as well as the actors. I mean, I think everybody at their core, at one point or another, has always wanted to be on Star Wars, have always thought of the world that Star Wars represents and just kind of being a part of it. And to see everybody embrace it and to love it and to have their moment of fandom and just be able to express that is it's encouraging and it's fun so now i need to build either a jedi mandalorian outfit or just go like full jedi yeah that'd be kind of an interesting mashup i did see an interesting mashup of mandalorian ghostbusters yes in case you have those pesky jedi spirits that won't go away bring in the mando gb crowd (laughs) we're here to bust for you (laughs) this is the way (laughs) what else oh and also hitting this uh interesting weekend i i guess netflix just you know didn't want to be left out and launched the stranger things season four part one which is seven episodes now again no spoilers but my initial reaction and take on this is very I think I'm I'm agreeing with Millie Bobby Brown on this one that there are too many characters. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of busy busyness, and I think we're kind of distracted by some of the other characters. Now the I mean I sat down and started watching this, and I started having immediate flashbacks of the 80s, the bad hair, the the headbands, which, okay, just because you put a headband on somebody does not mean it's immediately the 80s, although uh, I do have to agree that that is exactly what I thought. The, the characters are exactly what we expected, and everything is moving along fine. There's some stuff that it goes on with 11, however, that, yes, it is the 80s, but this still wouldn't have happened in 1980, okay? I, I know th- how things work, and it's just – it's lazy writing, or I, I, I know I use the lazy writing excuse a lot, or it's just – ill-conceived plot points but there are just some things that go on that you're like that wouldn't have happened that just isn't that isn't how that works so i i i get it i understand you need to move the story along but i think they are not thinking this all the way through or that uh the brothers have come to the point where you know everyone's giving them a little bit of leeway just because we're getting to the end and everyone wants to see how the story finally ends up and we want the story to move along so how do you do that well you just create a lot of red herrings and then pray to god that the fans don't pick you apart on the boards there we go do i mm, do i have any problems with the series no Are there some things I would do differently? Would I have made some different choices? Absolutely. I'm a nerd and there's always that side of me that I'm like, well, I would have done this. Why didn't they do that? How come this is there? There's a lot of those moments. There's times where I'm just sitting there scratching my head going, who decided that this was a good idea? There are some other reveals and some stuff that you see at the beginning of season four that I called at the end. I knew where it was going and it's kind of obvious but it really isn't. You kind of have to pay attention and you totally get the payoff at the the midpoint, it's not even the midpoint. It, you know, at the cliffhanger for the end of episode 7. The episodes go by rather quickly and they're all a little over an hour. So you're getting your your quor- your quarters worth by sitting there and 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 binging the hell out of this. We get the throwbacks, of course, the references from the first three prior episodes, and they are building appropriately, I think, on some of the characters. Some have kind of fallen to the wayside, and you have some moments, some dare-to-be-great moments for the characters that hit and some that miss. There are a lot of characters that have been introduced that I really don't care about. And I know we we rack up a pretty significant body count right out of the gate. And I'm okay with that. Nothing says horror quite like a high teenage body count. There are moments and there's things that I've seen that harken back to... The horror of old. I mean, there's definitely a silence of the lands moment. There are so many pulls from Nightmare on Elm Street that it almost seems an immediate uh, homage to that series, as well as kind of some fun stuff for Friday the 13th. The brothers have definitely pulled a lot from the teenage horror scene to build this, this, this world, this moment that really seems to fit pretty pretty good and the special effects have not disappointed in far as trying to relay that story even to the whole (laughs) yeah i I can't go into that i can't say that without giving things away so um, there are some great moments that will leave you cringing and you will kind of chuckle to yourself like oh yeah that's that's out of that movie so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, if that's just, you know, paying homage or if it's more of mm, they, they couldn't figure out what to do. So let's modify this to look like that. And this will play this way instead of going that way. And there are some obvious tropes. There are some obvious takeaways from other films. But is it is it good? Is it a good idea to do that? I don't know. And I have my own personal opinion, but I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say. It's not their strongest material, I have to say that. But then, to their point, the uh, the brothers were quoted saying that seven years ago, we planned out the complete story arc for Stranger Things. Uh, at the time, we predicted the story would last four or five seasons. It's proved too large to tell in four. But, as you'll see uh for yourselves we are not hurtling toward our finale or now hurtling towards our finale season 4 we'll have its second part coming up july where'd i put that um july Ah, where'd it go july 1st july 1st will be the season four part two and we have a whole one more season left to tie up all of the loose ends and i'm appreciative that the brothers realize, you know we we kind of had things lined out and they're probably just trying to get the i guess we're in the third act going into the or in the second act going well into the third act now to tell their story and they're probably just kind of like, well, this doesn't work, or we set this up wrong. I'm sure they're trying to have to backtrack to set things right. But, man, I don't remember it being that rough in the 80s. <laughs> I don't. So what can we expect for Volume 2? Uh, only two episodes, actually. Episode 8 and 9. Episode eight's going to be an hour, 25 minutes. Episode 9, 2 hours, and 30 minutes. Two and a half hours for the final episode, which, again... I'm not going to complain, and it seems to me that I just know how I'm going to spend an entire day on July 1st when that lands. Thank God it's a Friday. I don't think I've got anything going. Oh, no, I do. Do I? Shit. That's 4th of July weekend. I'll be at Denver Comic-Con. Damn it. Oh, well. I guess um, I'm not going to get any sleep that weekend. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they have for Season 5, depending upon how we end up with the final for Season 4. There's a big bad that, of course, everyone has seen images of. Do we see the end of his story at the completion of Season 4? I'm going to say no. I think this is leading up to some other big face-off. Another, you know... Avengers-style gathering of the forces. Everything from the Upside Down is coming to our world, and there's going to be one big colossal showdown, maybe. Hopefully. I think that'd be fun. I'm all in. All right. In non-Star Wars news, but still in the Disney vein, which is kind of hard to escape these days, the Pinocchio trailer came out, and it looks glorious it really does uh the I, I got the chills i got the little kitty flashbacks of when i first saw pinocchio and it was very very reminiscent of what i remembered and added to now pinocchio is due out september 8th on disney plus all the characters look exactly what i would expect them to but we don't really get like a solid look on pinocchio the puppet we get kind of a profile A hand, You know, a little kind of alluding to what he's going to look like. But we haven't got a full-on representation. We saw Jiminy Cricket. We saw the cat. We saw, you know, we saw a lot of elements that comprise the Pinocchio story. We saw the cat, even, and the fish. But, of course, Tom Hanks, who we will get to in a moment, as Geppetto. But we don't get anything from the puppet itself. And I'm worried about this because in in the past we've we've seen things get horribly derailed from things just not looking right i e sonic what if pinocchio just looks really unnerving like really jonathan taylor thomas unnerving that's what i'm worried about <laughs> i have I have more faith in Disney in that I mean you have the storehouse of all the greatest artists of all times there, so why would I be worried well Aladdin there I said it uh of course they list all of their triumphs, you know, like Lion King and I forgot what the other one was I think it was Cinderella or something uh that you know the success li- successful live actions that they've had, but all in all. I think it'll be a hit, and why do I say that? Because I say Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks equals money. That's all you got. You you want you want to make money? Get Tom Hanks. That's all you got to do. Because he he looks like Geppetto. Holy crap! He sounds like Geppetto, and it just the 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 charm and the all you have to do the charm the Tom Hanks charm. He's he's not like overly suave and sophisticated he's not you know super smooth he's just charming he's such a pleasant charming person that he's like the one happy uncle that you always want to talk to that you find telling all of your you know your woes and the things you can't tell your parents he'd be a great bartender now that i think about it move over sam here comes tom hanks anyway i'm i'm i'm, I'm curious to see what the puppet looks like the interactions and everything from the clip i'll actually put on the website the link to the trailer so that you can kind of make your own inferences if you will i'd be curious to hear what they are but this one i i'm it's pulling at the heartstrings i really want to see this one and hopefully it's it's better than dumbo which still is kind of unnerving and oh yeah that aladdin one sticks with me for a while Ugh. so pinocchio i'm sure will be a hit and like i said if you want to make money you put in tom hanks so the there are things that i sit and i scratch my head about and i saw this pop up in my feed and i had to i kind of had to explore Jack Osborne, who we know of, you know, Ozzy Osbourne fame and the Osbournes, I never knew he was – I mean, I understand that he has decided to study the supernatural and is a, you know, paranormal investigator now. And he's kind of, you know, escalated and elevated himself to, you know, way beyond the Osbournes because he never kind of struck me as, you know – the intellectual type on the osbornes but he's still having fun now there is a new <laughs> i just i i had to scratch my head and just really really think about this for a moment but just sit back and listen to what i am about to tell you jack osborne and actor jason muse on a wild backcountry hunt For the legendary cryptic in Jack and Osborne's Night of Terror, Bigfoot. Yes, that's right. You heard it correctly. Jack Osborne and Jason Mews backpacking along in the backwoods trying to find Bigfoot. Just soak that in for a second. So the two are going to basically venture into Idaho's secluded Backward, b- backwoods, backward, yeah, that's a little backward, uh, for a two-hour Discovery Plus special that will be airing June 26th. Uh, and I'm... <laughs> just reading it really just brought a chuckle to my mind because I can only imagine... I mean, Osborne in the wilderness I have seen, I have seen actually some of his paranormal investigations, and he's... He's on point, actually, from my experiences and my understanding for paranormal investigations. Osborne is is actually a rather skilled investigator, not to not to discredit or discount his his skill set at all. And I would love to go on an investigation with him. I think it would be fun. And his perspective and his insight is actually very intriguing. Now, let's add (laughs) Jason Muse. Who I I don't I don't know where this is going to go, because Muse does not strike me as the outdoors type, Uh, having carried on conversations with Muse and uh, seeing him at cons and doing panels and just overall, I don't see him trekking well in the backwoods of Idaho I don't, <laughs> um, especially without Kevin Smith. I and with Jay now being sober, thank God. Uh, I don't know what his his tolerance is at this point for nonsense. So he's going to be out. He's going to be cold. And I I never thought he was into investigations, especially for cryptics, um, or like Bigfoots and you know, Cryptozoic characters and creatures and things of that nature. I'm sure they they didn't catch anything. I'm sure it's just going to be nonsense of them wandering around. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And just, you know, some interesting information. Probably a few unexplainable moments and clues and things of that nature. But I don't <laughs> – two hours – Okay, I'm in for 2 hours. At least you're not turning it into a week-long or a month-long episodes and and I just <laughs> I I <laughs> if you uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm really on, I'm really on the edge on this one. I just like, okay, sure. Why not? How come, again, over here, I'll go on an adventure with Jack Osborne. I'll probably have more input than Jay Muse, especially since he's sober. It's no fun. That's half of the fun of listening to Muse's ramblings when he's, you know, a little, little over the edge. Just, you know, a little buzzy. So we'll see. I'm sure this will be compelling information. I'm sure they've got something good, or else why would they do a two-hour special with it? And I don't know where you land on, is Bigfoot real or not? There have been lots of conversations over the years with myself in regards to the existence of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, creatures in general. And I'm sure there's probably something out there that we haven't seen, and it's it's a lot of big damn wood out there. So who knows what could be just rustling about and forgotten over the decades. So this could be fun. It could be interesting. And I will let you know, hopefully, after June 26th when it airs, of where I'm sitting at the end of it. And to continue with the, the just-because-you-can-do-things-should-you kind of line of thought, something else crossed my mind. Cause I, I, (laughs) this hurt and this is something, okay, there, you shouldn't screw with certain things and everyone's always complaining about now you're just ruining my childhood. And this is one of those things where I'm not really sure where I sit, but Winnie the entered public domain in january of 2022 which you may or may not be aware of i mean i i had no idea i know a lot of properties and a couple of disney ones were about to face public domain which disney was scrambling to make sure that they did not lose control of winnie the pooh evidently they did or they just didn't fight for it to begin with and I, I really loved the film with Owen McGregor, yeah, here we are, looping all the way back, um, with Christopher Robin, and it was such a heartfelt tale, and I loved it. So, I don't know if this story is true, and everything that I have read kind of points that it is, but there is a horror film being um, made around Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Winnie the Pooh blood and honey is a horror retelling of the famous legend of Winnie the Pooh. Again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Why would you do this to poor Winnie the Pooh? I mean, what did he ever do to you? All he wanted to do was hang out in the hundred acre wood and eat honey and try and touch his toes I mean come on you don't do this to Winnie the Pooh what Eeyore and and Piglet in there too this is just uh, you're ruining my childhood don't ruin Winnie the Pooh don't make him into a monster this is what happens when you know you fall asleep at the wheel and just of, of nerddom come on don't do this to Winnie the Pooh of course nobody's gonna listen to me and i'm it's in the works i don't know where they are on this story i was trying to research it even further but um it's it, it's dodgy at best but it does look like it's happening and hopefully the the production ends up stopping or you know winnie the pooh comes to life and kicks their ass with a honey pot or something to say you know snap out of this i Let's let's get a sequel to Christopher Robin. Let's have let's have that sequel. Let's let's get that. Let's get some uplifting, happy thoughts. I don't want to s- see Winnie the Pooh as a serial killer or Eeyore hand you know just sitting over hello and you know slowly stabbing someone because you know Eeyore doesn't have the <laughs> the speed that you know Tigger does. Let's not even get into what Tigger would look like in a horror film. That is truly frightening. So. Join me now as we just say no to blood and honey. (laughs) Why? Tell me, Christopher Robin, why? Moving on to comic book news. Uh, To keep up with what I talked about last week with uh, Frank Miller's iconic cover coming up for auction more items have been added up for the lineup um first off is of course batman number 438 which not only mike mignola's iconic cover which again another very earth shattering world shaking kind of story but the entire original artwork that goes behind this book you may recognize Batman 438 as death in the family when Robin meets his grisly demise at the hands of the Joker and the other end of Crowbar, which we have talked about extensively on this podcast and just how Jason Todd uh, <laughs> got what was coming to him. <laughs> but, I mean, how often is it that the fans get together and vote on killing a character, uh, which, let's face it, they kind of wrote that character for everyone want. Wanting to wanting to kill him, so this isn't the only thing that has come up. Though it looks like the heritage auctions. Sale is also going to feature a lot of other stuff in addition to Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns cover, uh, Alan Moore and Brian Boland's 1988 The Killing Joke uh, variant Batman covers from Jim Lee, Dave Cockrum, and Neil Adams, who you know recently passed, along with George Perez as well. Neil Adams Batman 246 and George Perez's Batman 438. Uh, including in the sale uh, for the art is 1942's Detective Comics number 59. Uh, that's actually, I think uh, that's Bob Kane, uh, Batman's creator, was still part of the creative team back then, and Jerry Robinson. So this is going to be quite the um, quite the hit. Uh, there's some other items that are kind of up in there. I know they're showing that uh, Todd Mc, uh, Todd McFarlane's cover for Spider-Man number 16, which also has Rob Liefeld doing uh, behind. I think he was doing inks on that one with Rob. Um, I don't know if that one's as impactful as the others. It's a nice add, but uh, come on, let's let's. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't think McFarlane. I mean, McFarlane is great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's hitting you know the stratosphere with the rest of the previous list that was listed for the auction, um, which is which is fine. McFarlane, uh, you know, is is getting there. I mean, he has not It's fine. I. I just to lump them in there in the Heritage Auction. is just like, hey, let's throw in McFarlane. What the hell? Uh, if you are looking for more information on this, you can go to Heritage Auctions' website at ha.com. The, the auction itself is actually set for June 16th through the 19th. And I'm very uh, curious. I may even throw in on some of these, because I've got a little extra money sitting, sitting in the background. I might... You know, might see about going after a cover or two, especially when you're dealing with the death of Robin. I mean, that was just then actual pages from the book. uh, That'd be kind of hard to say no to. And even the Neil Adams cover, original artwork, especially with his passing, same with Perez. There are some tasty pieces of pop culture going up on the auction block, and I don't want to be left out. So I think I might jump in. I'm sure I'm going to get blown out of the water on these quickly uh, just simply because of what they are and what they represent to comic, comic culture, comic everything. Yeah. And speaking of comic books and the Batman universe, it looks like Gotham Knights, the new video game that will be coming out closer to the end of the year. I think this had an October release date last that I had checked. They have expanded a little bit more on the information that's going to be uh, that's available. Yes, the game is available for sale October 25th. The game is very independent now. It The story is Batman dies and basically is is burnt. So he disavows everybody that was part of the Batman family. They're on their own, and they're kind of running for their lives. Now, the environment for the game is very open world. There are specific things, kind of like Arkham Asylum, but it is not a direct sequel to the Arkham Asylum series. They're saying the next one in the Arkham Asylum series, actually... Is um, Death of the Justice League that will be coming out next year sometime. So some interesting um, stuff. Uh, Yeah, 2023 Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will be the next one in the Batman Arkham series. So this is independent of that. Whole new take, whole new character development, whole new basic platform for all of these characters because you have the ability to play as Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood. And Red Hood evidently has a whole new uh, operating system completely independent of that from Arkham City? What did he show up? Was it Arkham? Yeah, I think it was Arkham City. Anyway, um, when you were able to play him. It It was fun. I liked the guns, but I'm more excited, actually, to play as Nightwing. He's got a flying... Um, kind of like Batman with the cape called the uh, the flying trapeze. So, is one of the skills. And um, it looks like it should be fun. Um, I haven't had a decent Batman game since the last Arkham one. Because I think that's the last game in general when it comes to Batman. So, but... As far as the open world is concerned, evidently there are different skill sets and different things that are going on. Of course, like the Arkham games, most of it happens at night and in bad weather or different weather. And you go to different parts of town where some light, nightlife might be going on. Some nightlife may not be uh, existent at all and more industrial. So the criminal element that's going on is going to vary from region to region in Gotham. So. You can go in, you can take care of you know, mugging or, you know, stop a bank robbery or gang violence or whatever. I have a feeling that it is like a page right out of Arkham that you can, you know, have some great fights and some interactions. Though they do penalize you for not finishing a fight if it's a higher difficulty level than um, other ones. So a little bit of a twist, if you will. Also in the Gotham Knights, this just kind of came out, the trailer for the new Gotham Knights CW series, which will be coming in 2023. The trailer just landed a little bit ago, and it shows the exact same premise that the game is built off of. So the CW already taking this and running with it to, I don't know, capitalize on the game to be part of it it is a novel idea don't get me wrong and i kind of curious how they spin this i mean the game makes sense but how do you do it in a tv show and the hunt for batman's killer of course is paramount one of the major characters that I, we haven't seen that has been kind of in and out of the comics is the joker's daughter, Duella Dent, and I don't know if they're holding her name or in that pretense or whatever they're going to do, but out of the comics, uh they refer to her as the Joker's daughter and it's very curious. So if you're a speculator and that really is Duella Dent, you may want to jump on her first appearance which is I know she did an appearance more recently uh in Catwoman 24 uh, but her very first appearance, actually, she's gone by a couple of different names. But her real first, true first appearance is Batman Family number six. So, if if you've gotta if you got a chance or a line on one, get it while you can, because I have a feeling it's going to it's going to go up really quick. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if both of those comics shoot through the roof for uh, speculators, especially with the show. It might follow more closer to the Catwoman 24 in my guess. Uh, That one came out. I think that was the new uh, 52 because that was back in uh, mid-2000s. Like 2010? No, 2013. Had to do maths. (laughs) And that about covers it. Uh, yeah, that's my take on what I've seen for geeky topics around the geekverse. This yeah, this last week, the holiday memorial weekend hopefully was kind to you. Uh, and we appreciate uh, those that have served. And if you're a family member of those that have served, thank you for your sacrifices as well. Because uh, without the family, it's hard to it's hard to do it. The uh, next event coming up for me will be the collector's showcase put on by Rocky Mountain Con that will be this Sunday the uh, comic book driven collector showcase nothing but comics so if you're a true blue comic book collector or you're even just looking to dip your toe into the deep end come and check it out we're at the Embassy Suites off of 4444 Havana right off of I-70 Havana can't miss it it's a big hotel there come hang out read comics buy comics talk comics it's all about did i say comics (laughs) but there you go and on that bombshell we shall say goodbye please share us like us let your friends know about your dirty little secret that we are because well we know we just we just want to be shared what's wrong with that in the meantime run fast laugh hard and always be kind good night